Hey everyone, welcome to episode 217 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. This week we are all three back together after completing our summer series entitled This Is Whole Life. But before we jump into this week's show, and I don't want to take too much time because we got a lot to get to, but I wanted to ask Andy and Jeff what they took away from our summer series. We weren't together during that time, but all four interviews of the Whole Life members this year they all those messages were unique stories, four unique stories, but they all came back to a central theme, which I'm pretty sure was unplanned. Nobody was there doing their interview during the same time, and maybe they all called themselves each other beforehand and planned it, but I kind of doubt it. But also, it was unsurprising if we think about it as Christians, and particularly the idea that we are a church without walls here at Whole Life Church and as Christians who are trying to just walk their best walk on this weird journey of life, and even weirder, pandemics and all the racial and social unrest across the country. So giving all of that, I really was impressed with what, or just the commonality that came through in each of these stories. So uh, was there anything, Andy, let's start with you, anything that stuck out to you through this series that you were just like, hmm, something I didn't expect, or... Yeah, you caught me off, caught me off guard a little bit to, to be able to just pop it in my head. I can't remember them all, but I was fascinated how each of them could come down to almost a one-word summation. You know, surrender. You know, God is with us. Um, you know, I, I just I just really enjoyed that uh, that that succinctness, and uh, I think I think one of the things they all had in common was the call to community and the need of each other. Mm, yeah. uh, that was, uh, mm, yeah. How about you, Jeff? Well, you know, we didn't plan this, but what, what I thought was unique and interesting uh, as you listened to each one of them um, is they all had, they all came from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, we did not think about that from the, from the, you know, the get go. Matter of fact, we were kind of thinking more from the standpoint of, um, you know, what, what their stories were, but they all had different perspectives with, you know, with Olga, you know, coming from the standpoint of actually having, you know, being in the home where she had and, and her husband, they, or even her son had yep, everybody grandma too. Um, yeah. And grandma. And then you had the doctor, you know, that was interesting coming from a medical perspective. And then on top of it, we, you know, we spoke into not only the COVID issue, but also the issues surrounding some of the, you know, social, civil, political kind of melee of things that kind of went on during that time, especially uh, with, with Linda Ryan. She was able to speak into that aspect. And then a psychologist at the very end. You know, I just thought those were all very interesting vantage points to speak into this. But um, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, the the part that is um, that is hard for all of us is we're all sitting here in our homes doing distance uh, or <laughs> virtual communication, and we're watching these things, and we're all wondering how is everybody else doing? You know, how is everybody else? Sure. And so it was really reassuring to see how many other people and other families were dealing with the same things that we were in, in just little different ways. So I did appreciate that. I think it's fascinating that the, the Dr. Shu is a uh, Chinese American. He's, I think mm-hmm. he's born in America. 
And the rest of the the rest of the interviews were not born in the states. Russia, uh, Canada, yeah, yeah. Brazil. <laughs> oh, that's it's true. Good it's reflect, It's very very reflective yeah. of our international congregation. Well, and I just yeah. I really liked how everyone talked from a place of even in the last week with Hurley, and you know when that one was taped near Father's Day, and she had lost, I believe it was her cousin who was a physician who, you know, had no mm-hmm. had no need to be at work, and yet. He was going to help out because, you know, his community of doctors needed needed the help. They were overrun, you know, and she actually experienced the death and the loss of someone with COVID. And like you mentioned, the, the Melnicks had the whole family and everyone had differing degrees of how bad they got it, what the symptoms were, but they all recovered. Yeah. And but everyone in their own way said, learn to accept help. Every single mm-hmm. one of them, the most common thread through all of it was, we're going to lean on God. God knows it. He's got it. So we're going to trust him. Fear's not going to be a part of our story. But they all had that same commonality um, within their stories. And I thought that was really, really good. And I And I really resonated with Linda when she said, you know, a lot of the things that I thought I needed or that I thought brought me joy when I went – Mm-hmm. This, we went more simplistic because we had to. And now mm-hmm. I'm not really sure that some of those things are ever going to come back because I don't really miss them. And I find that I'm happier <laughs> without them. And I thought, you know, maybe that was the one thing that as Americans, we could probably all rally around a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> For you know? sure. Maybe. Yeah. You know, maybe. So anyway, I just wanted to say, you know, thanks to you guys as staff who who came up with this idea as a part of staff and and it was really, really interesting the way it had to happen this year. But in a way, I'm kind of glad it did because it really put it really put a different perspective on how we look and how we how we learn about the other people, like you said, Jeff, that are going through the same thing. It brought a commonality because of the pandemics mm-hmm. and the social unrest and the social justice and the racial justice that we're talking about. It, it really brought a commonality like, hey, we kind of all are neighbors in this because I feel that. I see that. I felt that. This has happened to me. And so I think that was important. And now that we're following it up with worshiping in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, that was that was great. <laughs> yep. So I probably gave you guys too much credit for planning it all out, right? <laughs> or no. no. We deserve all that credit, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say, or, or, am I, or am I just spot on? You know, I, I mean, it's hard for me to tell. It's hard for me to tell. Anyway. All right. Well, speaking of Mr. Rogers, I grew up on Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. I was an outdoor kid, but no matter what I might be doing during any part of the day that required Mr. Rogers' viewing, I never missed a chance. Come inside, sit down in front of the TV, and watch Mr. Rogers' And man, who didn't want him to be their neighbor, right? Gosh, how come he's not next door to us? Everything was cool in his house. The trolley, the land of make-believe, feeding the fish, flipping his shoe up in the air, you know, going in the closet, getting his sweater. Even Mr. McFurley's speedy delivery seemed to be the real deal as a kid anyway. But of course, as Andy mentioned, the youngers among us, including my little sparkle, the only connection to that show is Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which I have outlawed. (laughs) I have outlawed. If I'm in the house, turn it off. Pick something else. I'm not watching it. It's not the same. It's not good. It's not good at all. And I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone whose kids like that show, but I, I, I just can't do it. Just can't do it. But Andy, early on in your message, you went to the story of the Good Samaritan and how Jesus came to use it to illustrate what a neighbor was in his eyes. And this is twice in the recent months that one of our messages have focused on that story and its importance. 
And it struck me as odd only because the story seems like so common sense, so simple, so easy, right? Adults, <laughs> kids, even ancient experts of the law looking for personal justification. They all got it right on the first try. No one ever misses the point of this story. So, of course, I ask an obvious question, and you answer it immediately following the storytelling in your message. You said, in an age of crying out for neighborliness, we followers of Jesus must recognize in every captive, in every hungry, in every suffering, in every naked, in every excluded, in every imprisoned, in every lonely, in every needy, in every addicted, in every abused, in every person we must recognize our neighbor. And then we find the reins that typically tighten when we begin to realize exactly who we have to include on the list as neighbors. And it may not come as a surprise, but it seems that frequent reminders are a pretty good idea of who our neighbors are. But man, this is a tough list to to start wrapping your mind around because, <laughs> I mean, how do we help the captives? I mean, who are they? Where are they? And if we find out, then what? How do we impact imprisoned people? Do they want our help? Maybe the most difficult, the addicted. I mean, they, they may have the least of our empathy or help. I mean, these are big problems that you can just overwhelm pretty easily. How do we keep ourselves from problem fatigue and just stay engaged and find some solutions? Well, you don't want to deal with all of them at one time. Oh, oh. Well, maybe I missed just, that part. You know, just one neighbor at a time. Oh, oh. Well, that okay, that's, okay, that's one off the list. But that's yeah. still, that's still, what if that neighbor's one of the tough ones? Yeah, I mean, hungry. No, but, uh, I know, hungry. I know what to do, right? I can invite you over. I can get you something to eat. I, if you're naked, I can get you some clothes. I got extras. But what what do we do for these others? How do we how do we approach this? It just seems like it's a lot to put in front of us and say, you know, these are our neighbors, and clearly we should be doing something. I think a lot of times nothing in in action is just because I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, you know, go, Jeff. No, go. Well, it's just an interesting thing because even now we're talking. I was thinking while Andy was was sharing that, and uh, and what's cool about it is Jesus. And we talked about this before, actually, in an earlier podcast. How Jesus? That was a familiar story to everybody. Yeah. And how Jesus Jesus flipped it. Um, But we still have a hard time flipping it in terms of. We have to realize that we're also a neighbor. <laughs> in, other, in other words, there are people, you know, you, you wonder about yourself as, well, how am I in terms of being their neighbor? In other words, am, am I one of those grace-required people? Mm. For somebody else, yeah. And I think, who's wishing? I who's wishing I would move out of the neighborhood? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I think when we when we see it from that perspective, in terms of what what kind of a neighbor am I? I think it helps us to realize that we are all in this together. Jesus puts us all together as each other's neighbors. Yeah. And I think sometimes we have to see that vantage point once in a while for us to, to really answer the question you just asked. Oof. That just seems like it. <laughs> I, I, I really thought about this as after we watched the message on, on Saturday afternoon, we, we were late getting in. We, I think we didn't start until like two. We didn't start watching church this week. It was late, <laughs> but it was just as I sat and thought about it. And then we went to the beach 
And as we're at the beach, I was thinking about that. And just I was just like looking at people on the beach. Like, okay, what if it was just these people that were my neighbors, right? There's not that – where we go to the beach, there's not that many people. I'm thinking maybe, maybe. You know, like this person seems like they don't really have a lot of – you know. And that's – and then I started thinking how foolish is that because I think so often – Especially when we're in our bubble mode and we're at church when that was a thing, like, you know, corporate worship was a thing. And even when we just talk to our our friends, so many of us are so blessed. I mean, I'm not saying that none of us have problems, but to the degree of the problems that that we're talking about here and the immense needs of even just our local community, homelessness, you know, even if you just said homelessness, how do you solve that problem? And you know, I tried to th- I tried to think of ways that we could, especially now. I mean, it's, it's even harder. How do we look at people, see them as our neighbor, and then it's also hard to ask, like, you know, do you, do you need some help? Or I mean, it's obvious when people come up to you and they need something, but so often no one wants to share what they need. Makes it even harder to help. It's not always obvious or. It's even well, worse when yeah. it's when it's a maybe because then you have to ask or you have to beat around the bush or try to allude to it to see <laughs> if they'll do it. And then if you're wrong, oh my goodness, right? Then you're making enemies. You're not making neighbors. I, I don't know. This is a this is a tough one well, for me. When we if we if we rush to be the neighbor because we are trying to fulfill some duty and making sure that we're okay and being a good neighbor, mm-hmm. um, we we probably have skipped a huge step in the journey. And that is everybody, whether they know it or don't know it, or they'll admit it or not admit it, every, everybody needs to be heard, to be listened to. Yep. And so if I think about neighbors over my years, uh, I don't go over to their house and say, hey, what do you need? I stand at the borders of our two yards and we visit mm-hmm. and I hear their story. And then... I hear another little piece of their story, and I begin to put together how their life works a little bit, and and then I then I then I hear about some crisis, and maybe one of their family members is ill, or somebody's in trouble, or or you know you start hearing little pieces, and you give empathy to these people, and it's in that empathetic space that the the friendship builds, and there's you you just you can discover needs that are within your purview of being able to meet. I I think oftentimes Christians uh, at large, I'll give Adventists in particular, are just in a hurry. Um, And we we want to be the neighbor and meet their need and have that all taken care of so we can, you know, check that off and get on to, you know, whatever movie we want to watch tonight. You know, (laughs) it's like, as as opposed to putting in the work to listen and to learn that person so that we have empathy for what their where their need is we begin to hear that need yeah um well it seems like there's a lot of pressure right now i mean there's you know everyone wants change i mean whether we're talking about post george floyd and you know the racial injustices we're talking mm-hmm. about or we're talking about the pandemic and everyone wants you know if you think the vaccine is the you know is the answer then you're here all the sides rushing for a vaccine or if you think it's herd immunity, you're waiting for everyone to just get out there and get infected and get it over with already. Or, you know, you're if you're the other, you're, you're praying for a miracle that you haven't seen yet, don't know what, what it could be. And so I think there's this pressure that we feel 
to be engaged and to be searching it out. And, and I, I hear what you're saying because I absolutely agree. When you think about your best neighbors over the course of your life, what neighbors stick in your mind? Which ones have you been able to help? And it's exactly the people you'll mash them up every time is the ones that you've had longer term relationships with that you, you know, you find some common ground and you, you hear snippets, you hear bits and pieces, you notice when they're out working on their vehicle, when it's, you know, you know, it's their only vehicle, they might need help getting to, to work or to get groceries. I mean, there's a thousand things that you can figure out that way. But how do we stay, like, keep ourselves disconnected a little bit from this pressure that you're talking about so that we're actually taking the time to do that? You know, Andy was sharing that, you know, finding the story of your neighbor and finding that out. Mm-hmm. And and your question here, I think, is I, I think we do have a, a fear. You know, there's a fear that if I continue on in my relationship with my neighbor or if I continue down this road of, you know, being that neighbor, uh, that I'm going to give, I'm going to be required to give more than I want to or um, <laughs> more than I can. And, and and for some, that's a fear that keeps them from making relationships even because, mm. you know, they have this built-in idea that, you know, it's going to, it's going to cost me. And, and it does. It, let's, let's not make, I mean, there was a cost that that, Samaritan had to pay, but, but on the other side of it, we never, ever think about the, the side of who we are and who we become when we actually answer that call of saying, you know, I'm not going to give into my fear. I'm going to move down this road because I don't know what's on the other side. And I think that's what Christ is saying is have faith in believing when you take this step. And you make that move to listen to your neighbor, to to stand alongside of him. To, I mean, the I don't want to say the benefit outweighs the cost because that sounds like a transaction. But <laughs> but I don't think I don't think we understand the 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 reward of who we become in that step. Yeah. And I think that's the part that Jesus is asking us to do. Hey, listen, it's not so that we can you know gain. You know, hey, I'm going to give you more time to work on your other stuff. No, it's you become a different person. And I think we have to weigh into that or lean into that, I should say. Well, I like what you just said there, because I think there are some times when we feel, should I pray for God to put someone in my path or to, you know, bring bring me someone that needs help? Because what if it's more than than I can help? And I I used to feel that way. And I, I talked about it in last week's podcast that. Since I have started asking God to put people in my path, for some reason, the people here he's choosing seem to be people at the gas station that need to get somewhere and don't have any money for gas. And so it's I can't tell you how many people, more than 10 in the last year, have come up to me either by the look or I've approached them. And it's like, oh, like you know, they're, obviously their card got rejected. Um, they're digging around in the car, I'm assuming, for some kind of cash, nickels, quarters, whatever they can find on the floor. And so it's always, hey, something I can help with? And it's like, oh, man, I, I need to get here. And everyone's always had a story. I don't know if they're true or not, and I, frankly, I don't care. But for whatever reason, <laughs> for whatever reason, I've either been mostly approached, so maybe I'm approachable. I guess that's a good thing. And it happened not too long ago. We were in Kissimmee. 
And this lady came and asked, you know, she's just like, I, I'm trying to get somewhere. And she had a car full of people and someone was cussing at her and yelling at her. And like, I need gas. And I said, well, I can put gas in your car. So I went over and I put my swipe my card, put, uh, you know, got it going. And she's like, well, how much gas can I pump? And I'm like, well, just fill it up. And she's like, no, 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 I don't need that much gas. We're only going a you know, little ways. And I'm like, well, just fill it up that way in case, you know, for later. And she and she just started crying. And I'm thinking to myself, this is such an easy thing, right? It's such a small thing. And it was something that God had. And I had been praying this. It was something that God put in front of me that I could easily do. But like Jeff, like you said, the person that it makes us. And then you just want more of that, right? You want to yeah. find more people that you can help. And then it's not necessarily an urgency thing. It's not necessarily a fear thing that I'm afraid that, I mean, God asked me for a tank of gas. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's nothing, right? To some of us, most of us, I would say. So I think I think that's right. I think we have to focus on the part that just makes you makes you feel good and makes you know that you're part of the process. That that's yeah, that's great. Let's see here. I, oh, I know. I almost forgot. I can't let this episode go. I know we got to get Andy out of here in about 10 minutes at, at max. So, <laughs> But I can't let this go without giving a shout out to Andy for, I mean, he he bravely just, he didn't even dip his toes. He just dived in in a storytelling moment into politics right in the middle of a message and on immigration, <laughs> on immigration, no less. And I mean, I, of course, I joke a little bit at his expense, but the exchange that he talked about by a candidate for the U.S. House of Representatives and an attendee of a meet and greet, which ended in the candidate not getting his constituents vote is very telling. And if, yeah, I'm not going to repeat it. I'll, I'll let you go back and listen to the message if you if you didn't hear it yet. But you should, because. It was one that you've heard a thousand times. It's just one you haven't heard in this instance yet. But (laughs) really, we can add any hot button issue socially, politically, that's likely going to end the same way with two people on opposite sides of an issue, probably the political aisle. But really maintaining ourselves as neighborly in these discussions, which are really, really prevalent now as we continue to, you know, again, all things pandemic and this seemingly endless struggle to find racial equality, there's just a lot of things that a lot of us are not going to agree on. And I, I liked how Andy traced it kind of all back to fear. And some of it, we just have to realize, like the four families, we left it in God's hands. We didn't, uh, fear wasn't going to be a part of our, our deal in this. We were just going to give God control. But right now, is there really hope for us, even if we give it to God, even for us within the Christian community during these times to reduce that fear and anger and just be open to inclusionary conversations that just heal and, and, and bring us together. What's the sauce? Is it just like the neighbor discussion? We just have to have more conversations and work at it over time. We can't be rushed. We got to kind of let it simmer. And I think we all live under the illusion that our version of reality is perfectly right. Well, Yeah. <laughs> and right no <laughs> and that and that not only is it right but we are we come to it very objectively just because we are so wise um okay, and the I, reality is <laughs> the reality randy oh oh you were you, that was sarcasm oh yeah that was sarcasm. i got you okay <laughs> and so I, I think that that's really a piece of it is to to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought um mm. you know to to think Think of others as better than yourselves, Paul says. If we just did that consistently and 
probably just opened our ears and closed our mouths, we'd probably be a lot better neighbors to everybody. Hmm. Um, I like that. We all know that that's true, right? We we know we shouldn't think too much of ourselves and we know we should just be better listeners. I mean, I, th- I think if you if you missed any of the summer series, go back and listen to each of those, really, because there was some really good information about being neighbors and how even if we haven't been or we haven't been mimicking being a good neighbor, there's some pretty good clues of how you might want to go about that in each of those messages. There, if Especially if you're looking at it mm. from that perspective, if you stop and think about each part of what, you know, not living in fear, surrendering to God— simplifying it all these things take away oh i don't know just all the all the antsiness all the apprehension and it takes away the stress and that's obviously has to leave you open closer to being a better neighbor so is there anything else like resources any good books on how to be a good neighbor other than i mean is there a place to even watch mr rogers neighborhood anymore can you just go through like the beginning to the end i mean you can buy sets of seasons, Ooh. but you can't just find them places. They're they're pretty protected. Yeah, I was kind of and, thinking the uh, same thing. You can read this. You can read the whole storyline of what the what that set did, but gotcha. uh, to yeah. watch is a is a harder harder thing. Huh. And if if you haven't watched the documentary, the documentary is just oh, it's, it's I just cried. It was so good. Yeah, yeah I haven't seen either yet, but that's gonna yeah. it's on my list because. I, I when I when they first came out, both of them, the the movie, the documentary, and even the podcast, I was like, man, I got to listen to these, and I just I haven't had a chance yet, but they are definitely on my list. So we would encourage you to do well, that too. Yeah, the documentary. Um, if you're only going to take time for one of the things we've recommended, watch the documentary. Right. Okay. Because it gives you the full picture. I mean, the, the story with Tom Hanks is is just one relationship in sort of under the microscope a little bit. And it's it's very good, and the Finding Fred podcasts are well done as well. But the documentary is gives you an insight into the person, and the principles, and who he was, and just makes you it really makes you want to be a better person just from watching it. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Well, I'm going to put all of those links in the show notes to find those to the podcast and uh, and to the others, whatever hosting platform we might be able to find that those are on. I'll try to find a central link and put those in the show notes today. So if you haven't had a chance to catch any of those, it'll be easy for you to do so. This week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, in the pursuit of neighborliness, this week, who will you seek to understand better so you can be a better neighbor to them. Now, this isn't a – we didn't want to build this up as a pressure thing like we've been talking about. You know, take your time. But this week, at least make the idea part of your goal that moving forward, you're going to find someone to understand better and be a better neighbor. Because maybe there's no better way that we can actually be the hands and feet of Jesus and the light to our world than just focusing our efforts on the things and the people that are closest to us and – you know, as a kid, I remember watching Mission Spotlight. Now, if we're really going back a ways here now, kind of like Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, so, and, the, and if you're if you're not a savvy, it's okay. You don't you're not going to understand it. But I never so much took on their needs as important. I don't know, maybe that's not the right word, but I rather saw the needs in the world around me. Like, well, sure, these people are halfway across the globe, but I know people that live near me that have similar needs. And now maybe more than ever with mental health and with the pandemic and lockdown, maybe there are more unique needs in our immediate surroundings than right now, maybe anywhere else on the globe. So maybe we can just focus on addressing those and meeting those people where they are to the best of our ability and just making ourselves available for God to use. So 
Think about it this week. What would you, go ahead. Yeah, what would you like? What would you like in a neighbor? Go be that. Yeah, just go be that. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Okay. Yeah. Well, so thinking of that, who can you reach out to this week? You know, it could be simple. It could be a phone call, a video chat, maybe a socially distanced, masked on the face, cup of coffee or walk in the park. The pandemic has changed things for sure, but not so much that we shouldn't be seeking ways to still let God use us and to still stay in touch with those people that need us the most. So has some or has someone reached out to you as a neighbor during the pandemic? Would love to hear some stories about how we're connecting in the middle of all of the technology, face-to-face, however you're making that happen. Send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or as always, podcast at wholelife.church. All right, so what will we find while worshiping in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood this week? I like you just the way you are. Oh, I like you just. Oh, doesn't that make you just feel good to have somebody say that? Because <laughs> I think you said that to me, Andy, right? Yes, I did. That was point, that, that was pointed to yeah, me. That yeah. was pointed at you. Okay, yeah, I, I thought directly. so. That's what it felt like. So, all right, guys. Well, that's <laughs> going to do it for this week. It was good to be back together with you both. Oh, one more thing. I almost forgot. Here it is in my notes, and I uh, almost forgot. A big shout out to Abel and Yvette Aponte as they welcome their new daughter and Lennon's new sister, Zara, early this morning. Eight and a half pounds, 21 inches long. And the picture I got in my text message was Daddy hugging, kissing, and loving and smiling on this little girl. So everyone is doing well. (laughs) And she is a cutie. So hopefully soon we'll all see her somewhere. Maybe she'll be featured in church one of these weeks upcoming. So... As always, and then this Saturday, oh. this Saturday, this Saturday afternoon. Oh, what am I missing? Uh, what don't what time I know? is it? Saturday afternoon. Do you know, Jeff? Can't remember the time. Um, good question. Oh. Hmm. A, a, a conversation on on uh, race, and it'll be a. That's a oh. panel. Are we doing the panel discussion yeah. this week? Yeah, this oh. week. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will. Uh, I will try to find out the details on that and include that in the show notes as well. Maybe uh, Jeff, or if your wife has that, if she could send it to me. Yep. Cool. I'll text her. I'll figure it out. We'll put it in the show notes so that you don't miss and you can be. It's at, no. It, it's at. It's at. It's at four o'clock. It's four p.m. Four o'clock. Okay, and we'll have digital. We'll have digital ways for you to interact and be a part of that and to view it. So 4 p.m. this Saturday, don't forget. I won't either. All right, I'll check that out. Find it. <laughs> Swipe up in the show notes. You'll see that along with the links for Mr. Rogers' documentary, the podcast, all of that. All right, so as always, join us next Tuesday for Speaking of Grace. And, of course, next Wednesday morning, we'll be back for more with Episode 218. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week.